0: Hi, guys, this is Beth Capici, and don't be too surprised, but I am actually pre-recording an intro for my next guest on my podcast. This is a return guest, and I just absolutely love having her um, to interview. This will be our, I guess, technically our fourth episode together. This is going to be Dr. Carol Stoney, who is a specialist in relationships and couples work, and her website is um, called healingforcouples.com. And she's an expert on a variety of um, frameworks and theories for couples work and marriage work. One of the big ones is John Gottman and his work with his wife, Julie Schwartz Gottman. And she does seminars on a variety of topics, one of which is a Gottman book called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. If you check out her website, you'll see some of the seminars that she offers. And she is just a wealth of information and I'm so glad she specializes because she can catch me up to speed on all the latest marriage techniques and partnership techniques and ways to preserve marital intimacy. So the book we're gonna be talking about today is really applicable to any couple Um, whether they have kids or not. But this book is called And Baby Makes Three. The subtitle is The Six-Step Plan for Preserving Marital Intimacy and Rekindling Romance After Baby Arrives. And that is by John and Julie Gottman. So um, the specific chapter we're going to be talking about is on perpetual issues. And I'm going to read you a little excerpt from chapter 11, It is, this chapter is called Unsolvable Problems Moving from Gridlock to Dialogue. It's actually move from gridlock to dialogue, but we don't have to be perfect here, right? So um, here's the first chapter or the first uh, paragraph in the chapter. Do you have problems that never get solved? They circle back around like a dog chasing its tail question mark. When we brought back couples into our lab, John Gottman does a lot of research um, in his lab with couples, has done it for many, many years, over 30 years. Um, We found that except for the couple's clothes and hairstyles, our couples were raising the same issues year after year. They looked different, but their problems didn't. When we analyzed these sessions, we were stunned. A whopping 69% of the problems were repeats. Perpetual and irritating, they were fleas that refused to die, driving that dog crazy. Year after year, perpetual problems nag us. They stem from our fundamental differences in personality, lifestyle, or needs, traits that are embedded in us. Anyway, there's so much here, I I really would like to go on and on. But one more um, quote, they quote a friend named Dan Weil, who says, choosing a partner is choosing a set of problems. And we gravitate towards our perpetual issues, especially when we're overworked and exhausted, such as when we have babies. But there are many, many reasons that we can be overworked and exhausted, besides children and babies. So Um, Anyway, this is just kind of um, a little intro into what we're going to be talking about today, and I will introduce Dr. Carol Stoney here in a few minutes. So here we are today, and I am sitting here with Dr. Carol Stoney. And her daughter, Bennett, who is a young adult, and they don't know that I pre-recorded an intro, which made me very proud of myself with my ADD because I don't plan ahead. I pre-recorded an intro on Friday, so I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And this is what most people who do podcasts do all the time, but I just thought I'd let you know I don't impressive. have to say all the wonderful things about you right now um, because I kind of said them in the intro. Oh, that's so very kind. But thank you so much for being here. Um, so Carol is going to just share some of her favorite words of wisdom, advice, whatever you want to call it, practical suggestions for couples related to things along the lines of perpetual issues and um, how couples just tend to have the same problems over their the span of their relationship instead of not that we don't have new relationship issues, but there tends to be, with Dr. John Gottman's research, a lot of just 10 years later, they're still kind of fighting about the same things mm-hmm. and journaling about the same things. Mm-hmm. So. Very
1: much so. They're themes mm-hmm. that we see when couples come in. And I'm glad you mentioned Dr. Gottman because if there's so much out there. If you go to Barnes & Noble or you go to Amazon and you're looking for a book mm-hmm. on couples and relationships and why we have these issues, there's a lot out there and a lot of well-intended stuff, but what you can count on with John Gottman's work is that it's Mm well-researched, right? So he's not going to tell you anything that he doesn't know to be true about why couples stay together Mm -hmm. and why couples come apart.
0: Yeah. And the science behind his research, I try to describe it to clients and you know all about it. I mean, he's it's been brilliant. doing this thirty, forty years. Oh, longer, longer, longer. Yeah, so he's really invested his his
1: life's work. You know, why do people stay together? Why do they come apart? Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Mm. It's brilliant because that that information is out there in our lifetime now, where I don't think it was in the past and people can avail themselves of it or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it you won't like because it really has you have to raise your own bar Mm -hmm. behaviorally to do things that you don't feel like doing. Mm -hmm. But these are the things that keep couples together versus the things that take Couples apart. And one of them is what you're talking about with perpetual issues. Because if we don't get a hold of those, they can really grind on us, Mm -hmm. where we start to get really discouraged and think, there that thing is again, you don't care about me, Mm -hmm. you know, or look how different we are, or whatever stories we make up.
0: I'm hearing each a lot other. of that lately, friends and clients. Yes, yes. And it's true. It is true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was a fantasy in the beginning that we weren't. Yeah. You know, that's nature's way of getting us together to make more people. Yeah. You know, it's this idea that we can do this with ease. Yeah. And actually, I was fantasizing in the middle of the night last night about... You first heard it here, but I wanted, <laughs> I was thinking about the name of, if I wrote a book uh-huh. you know, about couples and I was thinking about how marriage, it's like marriage, a mirror, you know, that it is marriage, old, a mirror, a mirror. A, mm-hmm. like how it really is just a mirror that reflects to us all of our painful points, the places that hurt mm-hmm. in us and who does it better than our partner. Right. I mean, yeah. does it better than show us the yeah. thing, the places where we don't feel like we matter or that we don't feel like we've got that solid sense of community, somebody we can depend on. Mm-hmm. It's, we put so much weight, as Sue Johnson says, we create these communities of two now. Mm-hmm. We put so much weight on our partner that these things feel like a really, really big deal. Wow, uh, you know so it is a weight that you know in her time and Dr. Sue Johnson, who's the emotionally focused therapist mm-hmm. um, creator and expert, talks about growing up in a pub in England and how it would have been silly to her parents and grandparents to think that you know your partner would be your best friend and your be all and everything and it wasn't that way. I mean, mm-hmm. you were just in a community. Mm-hmm. Lots of people met those needs for companionship, friendship, love, um, things to look forward to. And now we put so much weight on that person who's with us every day. It's like there's too much weight
0: on the bench. Totally.
1: And so these perpetual issues, when they don't get resolved or don't we don't have a better understanding of them, get mm-hmm. more and more weight. And naturally, our bodies don't want to carry a lot of stress, so we look for a way to not worry about that perpetual issue. Well, hey, I'm not going to have that issue with this person over here. Mm-hmm. Well, Guess what? You're going to have a bucket of 10 with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Your bucket of 10 issues with one person, I think we said in the first podcast, you're going to have a bucket of 10 with somebody else. Right. You know, choose your bucket of 10. Yeah. And, choose your
0: struggle, <laughs> choose your hard. Yes, choose your hard. I don't know if you've ever heard me use this because I don't know. I talk about this with clients a lot, probably in a podcast, but I like to ask people in a partnership what percentage of your needs do you expect to be met by your partner? Mm. And I've seen people who really think, like you said, you're supposed to be the be all end all everything. Yes. Yeah. I'm miserable. Life is, is not great. But when you came into it, you, you solved all this, which is, you know, a quick drug euphoria type of thing. Um, And then, you know, they think you need to maintain my happiness For the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. others who say, oh, I'm 80, 90% happy on my own. I just want you to be like that last little bit, just adding something wonderful to my life. But my life is already great. Mm -hmm. But I'm more responsible for my own happiness or getting it from different places. Yeah. And you don't have to be the be all end all.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting... um scale that we're seeing with people and I think very often it's when you see people who've been really injured in relationships growing up in their Mm -hmm. primary homes where they may put a lot of weight on this relationship this is going to be the salvation this is going to change everything Mm. I'm finally going to feel good
0: this is what I've always lived for yeah. Or wanted.
1: Yeah. And so there's a lot of pain when it's not that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel like some of the shame of the way maybe a family member treated us, like, you know, if they felt I was the least favored kid or I was in trouble the most or my, my mom didn't seem to like me, she mm-hmm. liked my sister, not me, mm-hmm. whatever. Then you sometimes either look for that mm-hmm. or maybe some of the same issues that, That caused, you know, those, that feedback is continuing and you, it's like your worst fear is your partner is now saying you talk too loud or, you know, you're, you never remember anything or, you know, it triggers a nerve. Yes. Yes.
1: And I don't think we know that nerve until we get into a good relationship. Mm. So I will very often say to clients, this is a good sign Mm -hmm. that this stuff is bubbling up. Mm. This is a good thing. Because this is like an infection coming up. That's, yeah, you know, coming in, to the surface. Yeah, so now you can figure out why you've always reacted so strongly. Mm-hmm. And that's a sign of a good relationship. This person's giving you the opportunity to play this out. You know, now mm-hmm. we've got to do that in an effective way because mm-hmm. most of the time we do that in a very ineffective way that pushes our partner away or brings more threat mm-hmm. into the relationship. And I, th- I think if um, people want to go online or uh, I guess I can send it to people if they want, but there's something called the Imago Profile. Mm-hmm. Do you know about that? I know about Imago Therapy. I to send it to you because yeah. um, you'd have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. But it asks those, I'm gonna send, my, making myself a note right here. Good. The Imago Profile is something that I like to do with clients because it's a way of looking at okay, how did I feel in my home growing up with each of these people? What were the things I felt that were good? Mm-hmm. What, what were the things that I felt that were not very good mm-hmm. with these people? Yeah. And it puts out a formula that's really pretty, um, I don't know, just smacks you in the face when you wow. read it, that says, oh, I'm trying to get somebody else to do this behavior so that I can feel this way or not feel this way in my adult life and I have found it to be dead on every single time in working with clients. For me, it's a critical part of premarital
0: Amazing.
1: Work so wow. that people have that language with each other. Oh, that's just me trying to get you to be responsible so that I can feel safe again. You know, or this is just me trying to get you to be loving so that I don't feel alone anymore. Because it's in black and white right in front of them. This is the formula about me so that's the imago profile and i don't know how much you can find online but it's not the kind of thing that you have to have a therapist with you for i mean it's preferable to process it but i would be um, an advocate of anybody's looking into that i'm so glad
0: to hear about that i've only heard of imago well i'll send it
1: to you so that you can have fun with it yes certainly if anyone wants to get in touch with me i'm happy to send it on to them as well thank you Uh, It's just a way to know yourself better. This Mm -hmm. is what relationships, long-term relationships, offer us the opportunity to do, Mm -hmm. is to learn more about me so that I can be more caring in the world. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like a little chemistry experiment, reacting to everything. Right. And then you don't have a chance to respond. You're just reacting all the time.
0: Well, that was one little piece of this profile or I mean this chapter in Dr. Gottman's book, baby makes three. And I know mm-hmm. we're going to talk about love a that. lot more than that, but he, I love a little intro in the book says that, you know, this one man married a woman who made him unhappy because, and I'm just making up the, the, I can't remember the specifics, but mm-hmm. this one woman didn't like going to parties. Or never wanted to go anywhere, but but if he had married his college girlfriend, she would have, you know, been like so loud and life of the party, and he would have felt like she never stayed home, and this yeah. other person yeah. would have been a hoarder, and the house would have been a wreck. So, you know, you're going to find things that are hard to live with in everybody, but you know, if you, if you think, oh, the grass would have been greener if I'd married that last person or that other person, Mm -hmm. it would have just been a different set of issues.
1: It would have been a different set of issues. And when you're dating or when you're looking at yourself through the lens of your relationship, you get the opportunity to say, you know what? I don't really know how to manage myself very well when I get that feeling. Mm -hmm. When I get the feeling that, um, you want somebody else, or if I get the feeling that I'm alone alone. On this Mm -hmm. issue or if I get the feeling that I can't trust you you know to take care of me or to Mm -hmm. represent me well whatever it is we're gonna talk about some of these perpetual issues what do I typically do you know we want to look at those action tendencies what's the feeling that feels really toxic for me and then what is it that I do I want clients to know about themselves You know, when people come in as couples and they're upset, they are pointing the finger at this other person. And I get it. We all do that. Mm -hmm. We all do that. I do. I mean, we all all do that. It's the natural tendency. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be in a long-term relationship, we've got to do that thing. You know, they say in kindergarten when you're pointing the finger, look at how many fingers are pointing back Mm -hmm. at you. We've got to look back. Okay, wait, what part of that was me? Mm -hmm. What am I missing here? Because we quickly lose the feeling that we're on the same team. Yes. And that's when threat comes in. And when you realize that you've got that, that feeling is not there anymore, you cannot collaborate as a couple. You cannot solve a problem you cannot do anything productive yeah you can't talk about the topic that you're upset about at all when you don't have that feeling that we're on the same team Mm -hmm. and i use the phrase connect and then correct with all my couples because Mm -hmm. you cannot correct before you connect you have to connect i had one client who said he wanted to tattoo that on himself oh (laughs) he said i talk about it everywhere i go Because it made so much sense, all the missteps, you know, of trying to get people to, can't you see my wisdom? Can't you see why I'm right? You're wrong. You know, are you not listening to my point of view? Well, no, nobody is until they know they're connected and on the same team. So the things we're going to talk about with perpetual issues are really interesting. But I think the first thing we have to talk about is that when we pick somebody and we choose to be with them on a daily level, we are entrusting them and we feel that we are in a safe pair of hands with them Mm. or we wouldn't choose to partner with them. Right. And that feeling as a mammal can be lost very easily because it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be checking for safety all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when our brain says, wait, are you on my team? What if we don't think the same things about this? And those threat signals come into the body We have to be able to be able to evaluate those in an effective way, or we are going to be embattled with our partner all the time in these perpetual issues, and they won't be interesting at all. They could be really, really interesting, because we talk about, in the Gottman Method, we talk about taking these gridlocked issues and making them a perpetual dialogue versus a mm. perpetual issue. Ooh, I love that. You know, that these are these things that are at least two-thirds of these issues that we have that we are never going to agree upon, that we talked about in the other podcast that we're never, you know, I love my husband dearly, but, you know, at least two-thirds of the things that we disagree upon, we will never agree upon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is not a good goal. Yeah. The goal is how do you live with these perpetual Issues that never change where we see things differently. How can we make it not be a threat?
0: That I've got we see a really, differently. I have a really good comical example to share. And yes. since you oh, know yeah. my husband, Remo, this is such a silly example, but we are in gridlock over this silly thing. So we have a cat, and cats, as you probably know, mm-hmm. like moving water. They don't mm-hmm. like to just drink out of a bowl that just sits. So the cat likes to drink out of the faucet. And I think, oh, this poor cat doesn't have too exciting of a life. What's it going to hurt to let her jump on the kitchen counter, the bathroom counter and run the faucet? And Remo's like, no, you cannot teach the cat to do that. Think of how dirty her feet are. And I'm usually the more germy, OCD, germ conscious mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. not him. But he does have a good point. Like that cat's feet have been in the litter box at some point today. And mm-hmm. now she's on our kitchen counter. But I I have to admit, this is a confession I have not been able to stop. Now, I, I try not to do it around Remo, but I still do it. And sometimes yes. I get caught because I leave it going all day long. <laughs> so, but he, he won't back down either and be like, just let Beth have her joy of letting the cat have the, the tap water, you know. But we just don't, we can't seem to get to the you same. You never will. Yeah.
1: You actually never will because, and this is what we learned in Dr. Krapman's research, is that there is a dream in both of those for mm. both of you. There's something that is part of your core values mm-hmm. that if we sat and we weren't talking about tap water and cats, mm-hmm. we would hear your values about the world yeah. and how the world should be run and how you think, you know, things should be treated. What makes things work well wow. in the world? And it's so fascinating to say, you no, know, tell me more about why this issue was is so important to you. Because if you and Remo were talking about where to go to lunch, you could bat that back and forth or like, can we let this kid wear that to school? You know, you might yeah. be able to bat some things back and forth a little bit more easily. It or where true, are we going to go on vacation? It reflects. When you hit a core value, mm-hmm. when you hit something where you know you're not um, coming out of it very easily, you've hit something that's related to a dream you have Mm. something that's really really deep in your soul and in your values that's incredible i totally see that and it'd be fun we'll we'll walk through a couple of the questions that you might want to ask you know if you're a partner to somebody and you're recognizing and we'll talk about some of those gridlocked issues in just a second but i'll give you a silly one of ours too (laughs) (laughs) because it's just a lot of fun (laughs) and ben certainly knows about this one i bet you even know what i'm going to talk about the tree Outside of <laughs> Robert, you know, my husband is an amazing environmentalist and mm-hmm. he started the organic farming movement in Ireland in the wow. 70s. Yeah, I mean, he's a champion for everything that's living and organic and he's got this heart that is, I mean, he can cry when he sees a bird. Uh-huh. I am still so deeply unaffected when I see a bird and I know it's just <laughs> very disappointing to him, but yeah. Um, that's just his heart. Right. Uh-huh. And so we have this in this tree that is basically smack dab up against our bedroom and it rains down these nuts on oh. our roof mm-hmm. of our bedroom. Mm-hmm. So, all throughout the month of August, I go sleep on the porch, on oh our sun goodness. porch, because I can't sleep. It yeah. keeps me up all night long. And then it rains down these balls into our driveway <laughs> as well that are just ankle turners, right? Oh, yeah. So, I see this thing as a menace. You're like bitter towards I'm it. Like, out of here. <laughs> like, I'm happily work extra hours to pay to get rid of this <laughs> tree. And I, I, you know, I'll send Robert pictures all spring, you know, or in the summer, I'm sorry, of, of all the balls falling Look down. Look at the and damage this tree. <laughs> Yes, yes. Just for the fun of it. And he'll say. Building save. your case. Yes, yes. And he'll build his case and talk about how we save money on the power bill and how long that tree has been there and he sent me an article recently about how the hickory nuts saved people in new england at one point (laughs) he's building his case too it's with good fun back and forth because we i know his position will never move Uh and he knows that mine will never Uh move but we both can grumble about it at the time. But these are really rooted—good pun there—in some <laughs> deep values for him yeah. about this tree didn't do anything wrong, right? right. It's just being a tree, yeah. And you know, and I'm looking at it from like a health perspective yeah, and mental health yeah. and being able to function during the day and work and um, not falling in the driveway. You know, right? I'm looking at it because I'm much more the functional. Yeah, you know, I'm the, I'm the one who does that kind of practical risk. boring yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. In our family, and he's the more thoughtful, um, the idealist kind of dreamer person. Kind of, yes, yeah. yes. Better way to put it. So that's another. It's like yes. being the cat. I mean, this is not a resolvable issue yeah. in terms of resolvable being fix it because it, it, no matter how it goes, nobody's going to be happy. Right. You know, Robert's not going to be okay with. Uh, my being, my falling down or not getting any sleep. And I don't Mm -hmm. want his heart to be broken because we took down a tree. Mm -hmm. He would be really upset. Yeah. He would be really upset if we took that tree down. So there are lots of issues like that Mm -hmm. in our world that are an impasse based on the fact that we just see it differently. Right. Totally. We just see it differently because we're different human beings. And we came into this relationship with different ideas, but I think we can live with this. And there's value and merit
0: behind both of your points.
1: Yeah. And yours too, right? Yeah. yeah. Remo's trying to keep you guys away from uh, dirty counters yeah, yeah. and cat litter on the counter. And you're trying to give this cat a happy life. Yeah, exactly. And I've done that for a lot. No, no, exactly. No? And exactly. you like freedom. Yeah. You like the freedom to mm-hmm. be who you are. Yeah. And it, I love the title of your podcast, even with never perfect. Like, yeah, yeah just enjoy, you know, we're not totally. perfect. And you're experiencing
0: that through the cat. Yeah. And Like, not all rules need to apply mm-hmm. here. <laughs> well, you know, and just going back to some of the Gottman, um, you know, concepts like the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse and, you know, the signs that your marriage is nearing divorce or in mm-hmm. major danger. Mm-hmm. I think that the fact that you and Robert have that perpetual gridlocked issue that's maybe not a big, big deal. And Remo and I have that over Mm -hmm. the cat. Like, I do think on some level, first of all, I I hear you validating his side and respecting the heart behind it, like the dreams behind it. And I'm sure he does with you too. So, you know, Carol's got some really good points here. He's not saying I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I think... You know, Remo and I, even though we kind of bicker about the cat thing, I really just try to avoid him finding out and doing <laughs> it. But, you know, I think he respects me and I respect him for where he's coming from. Yes. You know? Well, it, and this is one of the
1: primary things that um, when you use a Gottman-type exercise to mm-hmm. work with a couple who has a perpetual issue, something mm-hmm. that they're really stuck on, is we want them to be able to State their partner's position hmm. so clearly and thoroughly that their partner says, Yep, you got it. And not until that happens do you get to the next stage
0: of any kind of persuasion. You can move, yeah, kind of like seek first to understand and then to be understood yes, type of thing. Very much.
1: It only and that saying is there because it works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's simply put with connect and then correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Connect
1: is saying, I care. Mm-hmm. about your position on this mm-hmm. and when we start feeling like we're under threat we don't care about the other person's position mm-hmm. that's you know basics of war that's mm-hmm. the basics of watching the football team i was watching last night you know yeah. what i mean you can't really care that much about the other
0: team where you couldn't knock them over right right that's true you right. have to kind of disconnect your attachment you totally to them. Totally have yeah.
1: to. You totally have to. I don't know how they do it. I love to watch the tennis players uh-huh. play each other in these vicious battles and then come back up and shake hands and laugh. And Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they do it. It's such yeah. a special skill. Right. To be able to do that. Turn I it was, off and turn it back on. Yes. Yeah. I was watching on the football game last night. They weren't able to do that very well. Uh. The there was a little fight at the end and, hey, you know, when people's frustrations are boiling over, mm-hmm. which is what we do as couples. We mm-hmm. forget this basic concept. Mm. Oh yeah. We're on the same team. What's the goal here? The goal here is to be able to be married to you or in connection with you. Mm-hmm. And there is, my husband sent this to me recently. This um, guy on Instagram named Danny Silk. Mm. Um, I wrote it down so I could share it with you yeah. because anybody who's listening, this is, he, he is Danny loving on
0: purpose. Hmm, Loving on purpose. And
1: he did a video that I I shared it on my work Facebook page. Uh, um, It is so good. And he says very succinctly, look, you all are doing a really good job working on being disconnected. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the goal of your marriage? What is the goal of your marriage? Like, what are you trying to do with each other? If you don't know your why... You're going to be really lost here. You mm-hmm. got to have your long game mm-hmm. because the short game, your body's telling you to fight with this person and to fight for your value and to fight to feel like you matter. Mm. But if you are, if you, you know, if I think about Robert and the tree, I think, okay, I don't like this. There are ways we can work around it. Mm-hmm. He knows my position on this, I know his position on mm-hmm. this. What I really want more than having the tree come down is I really want to have a happy life with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I really, 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 really want to have a happy life with him. Mm-hmm. I also want him to validate the fact that I'm not crazy. The right. tree drives me absolutely right. bananas. You have a legitimate, and I'm a point. little concerned about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's an, what this guy says though is brilliant. And it's been a real mistake that I have made in my practice over many mm-hmm. years is that I have let people come into my practice, you know, who weren't working on their marriage, Mm. you know, and there are many times I thought, oh, I can help them get there. They had
0: one of the partners at least had no intention of saving the marriage.
1: Yeah. Or they would come in and still think that they were, but their behavior and their words were very clear Mm. that they're not going to try to work on this relationship. and. You know i and maybe that's the ego i don't know but i really thought many many times i can think of examples where i Mm -hmm. thought why i'm going to go back to the books here i'm going to help them figure out how to work this out with each other and every time beth it blows up in my face because if you don't have that intent from both people to i want to make things better with you Mm. if they can't state that.
0: You're fighting an uphill battle. You're fighting that you're an never
1: uphill battle. You win. really are, and wow. you know, I, I I was asking a therapist whom I really respect in the emotionally focused therapy world mm-hmm. about it, and I guess a lot of therapists screen couples. Therapists screen couples more than I do. Oh. I don't screen yeah. people. Yeah. I just yeah, I don't, I don't say, in. But if you know, you can screen them and say what you know, what's your intention? Are both of you wanting to repair mm-hmm. this marriage and? Uh, um you know i have not done that in the past <laughs> i'm considering it now yeah uh, because it, it's a prerequisite yeah and it's you wasting see that in the video. your time and
0: energy and their It's It's wasting there yeah.
1: and i feel some i feel some remorse about that that i may have let people be in battle a little bit longer than um and they just didn't have the fuel you know they didn't have the fuel if they weren't in there to be protective Mm-hmm. of that other person and to really get through this hard stuff then if if their objective was not to have the marriage be okay, their relationship be okay, there was no good outcome. Right. There was no good outcome. Yeah. And so uh I don't know, it's, just, it's giving me a lot of thought recently about some, you know, some couples where I feel a lot of angst and concern and sadness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it's always this one issue that he talks about in this little clip Yeah, where he says, you're doing a fine job working on disconnection. I'm not going to work with you anymore if uh-huh. you're not focused on what is the point of this marriage. If it's not connection, then you can't, mm-hmm. we can't help, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. And he's right. I mean, there's a fundamental concept of, I have to have this felt recognition that this person is on my team. Mm -hmm. Even if there's been an infidelity, even if there's been years of conflict, Mm -hmm. do I want to be on the same team with this person? Then we can start talking about this stuff. Yeah, But the body has to have a felt sense that this, I want to be on the same team with this person. Mm
0: -hmm. That's, it's so interesting and I've definitely made that mistake too. I mean, this is a tangent, but I feel like it might be worth talking about for a couple minutes, but my theory or prediction or suspicion about those couples that didn't make it, that if you had asked those questions that you wish you knew to ask, you know, I think that a lot of times, even the couple who isn't deep down wanting to make it work, either either they won't admit it, they don't know it, or they want to make it look like they're working on it. And if you sort of, in a sense, not fired them, but just said, listen, from my experience, Mm -hmm. I'm not hearing you say that you're committed to working on this. And I feel like you're not really wanting to build and and reconcile. So I think that you, maybe you tell the other partner, I don't think they want to make this work. So I think we're wasting our time here. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times they would have gone and found another therapist, to be honest.
1: That's true. I think you're right you're right and maybe it's a really important conversation that we need to have more with couples up front that reveals to them Mm -hmm. this is the delta between where you are and where you need to be
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know that this is why it's not working it's not that you don't you know care about your relationship Mm -hmm. it's not that you're not hurt Mm -hmm. but the way that you're handling that hurt is making it impossible Mm. For you to reconnect in the way that you'd like to, yeah, you know the way that you're handling that hurt, yeah, it, uh, makes sense, mm-hmm. but it's just not effective yeah. with another human being, and so many people feel so. Uh, Justified. Mm-hmm. well I'm the one who's hurt, and he says that in this little clip. It's so powerful. Mm. Well, I'm hurt. I'm the one who's hurt. I don't have to do anything. You know, I'm not contributing anything. Like here.
0: I'm the victim. I'm the victim. He says that. Really. I'm the victim. Uh huh. I'm the victim here. It just makes me laugh the way he says it. Yeah, um, I always love to think, and maybe this is naive, but how amazing would it be? I have told a few clients this before. Um. If if couples came to the session and they and you told them before they came, maybe I want you to come saying, here are two, three, four, five, however many ways that I know I have not been the greatest partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the other person does that that. And then maybe ways I know I've hurt you, but here's things that you've done that have hurt me, mm-hmm. or here's what I want you to change, and here's what I think I need to change. But if you had people sit there and say, just talk about your flaws. Mm-hmm. And or your struggles and your weaknesses or whatever you want to call it, um, what you think your partner's disappointed in, then then the tone would be so different.
1: It's so different. And there's a therapist named Brent Atkinson who does that. Mm-hmm. He does the first phase of therapy being an apology, where he mm-hmm. helps he helps partners write an apology to their partner for all the ways that they haven't shown up at the very beginning. At the, the very beginning for all the ways that I've contributed and he does this genius thing of working with the individual to refine this letter. <laughs> he like sends it back to him like no this thing you no know, yeah I'm sorry that you're such a terrible partner or whatever it is. <laughs> so you know, uh-huh. nope, we're gonna do this again. You know, wow. what did I contribute here? Yeah. Because it's a way of really training your brain. Maybe they really don't know. Yeah. And I find that very uh-huh. often to be true that they really have no introspection Mm -hmm. or curiosity because they've been so agitated. And Mm -hmm. we know from a biological standpoint, when you're that agitated, you're not curious. Mm -hmm. You're not introspective. You're not problem solving. You're just at battle. So when we have people slow down in that first stage of therapy and write that letter or talk about this was my contribution
0: that Mm -hmm. I need to get right with this person, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it changes everything. That's incredible, and you're one of the people that got me really excited to start digging into polyvagal ther- theory, mm-hmm. and just it. yeah. And this reminds me of some of the stuff mm-hmm. you talked about, which did I did then go and listen to oh, some some trainings on it. Did you like it? Oh, I loved did. it. Okay. Yes, I have a lot it more. It makes go. sense, doesn't? It? Yeah. Oh, it makes so much sense, and kind of like what you're saying, if your partner would make you feel validated, heard, safe. You know then your nervous system can kind of calm down, and then you can the channels will be open, like the ventral vagal. Mm-hmm. Which again, you're the first person that told me all those specifics. Then you can actually hear them and be so much more proactive and mm-hmm. responsive. And instead of being an overdrive, like you know, sympathetic nervous system, like ready to attack the enemy, who's mm-hmm. your partner, you treat them like the enemy, you know. That's because the body codes them that way, yeah. So, when crazy. I
1: think the 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 flaw in the thinking very often is if my partner would just help me feel that way. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? They're another human being who's also feeling agitated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's too big of an ask. Yeah, you know why don't we just say I'm not. I don't think that I've got my mind right right now to be able to have this conversation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: In there ways that we all need to be able to get ourselves back into that much healthier place as well it's a natural state to go away from feeling connected to mm-hmm. a partner it is a natural state uh, we were, robert and i were talking about it last night he said you know we're the product of the most reactive people of our ancestors you know wow. the people who were most protective the people who were most defensive they won the battles they survived they had strong survival instincts and he's totally right and so, but those are the things that we tame or manage so that we can be in partnership with people. So I, I love the idea of having to say, you know, I need to manage myself for just a second because mm-hmm. anything I say right now is not going to be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember that when, when my girls were little. I can remember when I would come home from work or just being able to say, like, I need 10 or 15 minutes, and then I'll be back and be, like, nice mom. But hmm Let me have like ten or fifteen minutes to decompress. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, or if they were with me sometimes because they went to work with me for so many years. You know, just like give me ten or fifteen minutes when we finally all get home, just to pull my head together. Yeah. So that I can be nice, mom. Because right now you're not gonna get the best of me. Yeah, that's so second to regroup. I think still that probably happens sometimes. Yeah. I've loved seeing Bennett as a young adult be able to do that sometimes recognizing her own state and going, yeah, sorry about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, or yeah, I'm not in a place to be able to connect with people. right now. Oh, it's, so it's that self awareness yeah. that is going to make her a great partner
0: for, sure. for somebody.
1: You have to do that first
0: huh?
1: to be able to connect with somebody else and not expect somebody else to regulate you all the time.
0: Right. It just
1: doesn't work.
0: Yeah, that's great. Kind of the roadmap that you've talked about, too. Like you have to know yourself and be self-aware to be able to give people a roadmap sometimes.
1: A clear one. A clear one. A very clear and kind one. Mm -hmm. Not if you loved me, you would do this. Mm Yeah, like, you know, which is what I hear a lot. You know, this person I've told them a hundred times. You know, <laughs> if you really love me, if you really love me, you would, would know. I told you ten years ago. oh, oh No, <laughs> that's not hey, the word that I am liking using a lot with uh-huh. my clients right now is just effective. Huh? Like what works? Not good,
0: not bad. Yeah, not
1: anything except
0: no shoulds.
1: Yeah, but like, let's look for what's effective in this
0: moment that'll uh-huh. get you what you want. That's good. So tell your partner, like, this would really be effective for me Mm -hmm. if you...
1: And if my behavior is effective with them, is my behavior panicking them? And I think we talked about that in one of the last times when we did the polyvagal conversation Mm -hmm. is that we're inciting either that panic or care circuitry in a person. Mm -hmm. This is back to Brent Atkinson's work. Mm -hmm. And so I think about that with my children. I think about it with my husband. I think about it with my clients. Mm -hmm. Are my words and my behaviors hitting their panic circuits Mm -hmm. or their care circuits? Because unless I am really trying to operate in the care circuit, and if it hits panic, I need to correct that and Mm -hmm. get it back. We can't work with each other. Yeah. Because there isn't that feeling that we're on the same team. Right. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It, um, I really appreciate when my clients will say something to me like, that really upset me when you said that. And I'm like, oh, tell me more. You mm-hmm. know, how can I get this right with you? Or yeah. following up with them. It's usually a misunderstanding, right? Yeah. But it hit a nerve, and we need to know more about that. So good. It's so good I Love that. that you want people just to learn about themselves and in a good relationship. We talked last time about people being able to say to their partner, I'm just going to tell you the story I'm making up right now about this that mm-hmm. you actually want to be with this other person mm-hmm. <laughs> or, oh, wow. or that maybe you don't care about me. I'm just going to tell you the
0: story I'm making up. That's great. Like <laughs> let you in on the assumptions. Let, I'm let me let you know what's happening between my ears right now. That's great.
1: And it works because it's not like saying you jerk, this is what you did. Right. It's just saying, this is how I'm viewing things. This is what's happening over mm-hmm. in my world right now, just to let you know if I'm acting a little
0: off. Can yeah. you help me? We craft those narratives all the time. Easily, easily. And we feel and, them. Yeah. And our partner may not even They're know. Usually like, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> They're wow. usually through the lens of not feeling cared for. That's so good. It's so good. And when you can start doing that, Beth, I watch couples enjoy this,
0: Uh-huh.
1: you know, enjoy oh, their yeah. mind and be able to say, you're not going to believe what I came up with. You know,
0: you were 15 minutes late. I was like, ah, you don't care about me. They can almost laugh at yes. how comical some of the assumptions yeah, are. Yeah, the, where the brain goes, yeah. it's
1: normal. It's yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Mm-hmm. If my brain is there to put the alert up that you and I are separate in some way, mm-hmm. Uh, then it's going to do that. Uh, I always say, like my car does. It does those false alerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when when there's nothing really like wrong, an like that line line or a change. noise, yeah, yeah. Or whatever oh, yeah. it is. Yeah, when, yeah, you're in danger. No, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I'm just on a curve, right? You know, but your brain is there to do that too. It's there to say alert, 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 and there's nothing yeah. wrong most of the time. Yeah. So we learn about our own injury spots or our raw spots mm. when we do that. Oh, you know, that was interesting. I noticed I had a huge reaction when you spent a lot of time talking to that person Mm -hmm. at that party or when I made dinner and you were an hour late Mm -hmm. or the way that you talked to, you know, my parents or whatever it is. Like, I noticed I had a huge reaction to
0: that. Can I tell you about it? That's a great way to start. Uh, Yeah.
1: I had a huge reaction, not I want to tell you about how you screwed this up. Yes. I noticed I had a huge reaction to that. Wow. It's a huge personal responsibility, and you and I do that. We learned that Mm -hmm. in our basics of counseling classes, teaching people how to do these I messages. Mm -hmm. But the basics, it's because you don't want to set off the threat system in another person. Right. And if you're doing you messages, you're wrong. You're doing this. You need to change, then you're threatening them. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. The difference is, and this is such an interesting thing I think for couples to figure out when they're looking at some of these perpetual issues, is that person actually doing something wrong mm-hmm. that's outside of your contract as a couple? The actual agreements that you have, mm-hmm. Robert and I had no agreements about that tree. Mm-hmm yeah we had no agreements you all didn't sit down in your wedding vows and talk about how you were going to handle cats and water right. you know nobody's doing yeah. anything wrong you could never wrong. prepare for all
0: those no. little dilemmas no. and, and differences. there's no
1: agreement yeah if you had an agreement about it that's a mm-hmm. whole different issue then you've got a clear cut problem that you know you've got to deal with in a different way but most of the time I'm saying to a client that person's not doing anything wrong are they
0: it's funny you said that because right as I found this perpetual issues chapter, I was I was trying to create kind of an outline for a podcast on marriage and I need to just kind of, I, I have these conversations with clients all the time and I'm like, I got to write this down and I'll write it for a client and then write it for another client a year later. But I like to kind of classify, maybe you could help me with the classifications, but issues with your partner into three or four categories Mm -hmm. and one would be something like just annoying things Mm -hmm. like they chew too loud Mm -hmm. or they talk too loud Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. they forget to put the toilet seat down or whatever you know just those are little annoyances uh bad breath you know who knows whatever Yeah, yeah and then the second one would be um Something that is kind of a big deal, but it's not like wrong or like you said, a violation of a marital vow or something like, you know, they are messy and I'm a neat freak. Like I'm over the top, like the whole family feels uncomfortable being in the house because I want it to look like a museum. Yeah. And this person likes a really messy house, you know, and they're different styles. And some of these are in the perpetual issues list. But um, it may not be a right or wrong. It's just a difference of opinion, kind of like the stuff we were talking Intense about. Intense lifestyle differences. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, And some of them would be kind of like if you had a hoarder with an OCPD neat freak, that would be really, really hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd give them like five minutes. Oh, yeah. man, I know. It wouldn't last long. What were they trying to that's teach each right. other?
0: <laughs> And then there are things that are like black and white, you know, just infidelity, Mm -hmm. you know, abusive, whether it's physically or emotionally. um, And just really deal breakers, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, I feel like there's a fourth category. Oh, I know one of them was more like universal common differences, like, Mm -hmm. and again, not to be too gender stereotypical, but. You know, uh, my wife shares way too many details and talks too long about things. Yeah, and and yeah. the woman says he never tells me anything but a three-word sentence about his day. And so it's like, join the club. Good luck finding a man who's not like that. Mm-hmm. Or a man says, you know, my wife doesn't want as much sex as I want. Well, join the club. That's I know there are, you know, opposites <laughs> of that. But in general, that's a very common complaint you know yeah, so good luck finding
1: yeah
0: a man who likes to tell you about his day at work for an hour and a half like yeah, that's yeah. Probably you not probably wouldn't happen. be attracted to him. yeah yeah he probably wouldn't be your type but yeah. I, I think that can help sometimes go you know what are you struggling with in your relationship and is this like a huge deal or is this just a personal preference or is this just something annoying
1: so Beth, what you just did that I think is so important, mm-hmm. and it's what
0: we don't do in war or in the
1: middle of the football game, and it's a thing that you and I have to teach people all the time, and I want to invite everybody who's listening to do this, is when you feel that hit, that, um, that sense of separateness. Mm-hmm. That's what it is for all of us. It's a mm-hmm. sense of separateness from that person. When you're feeling stung or whatever it is. disconnected. Yeah, there's or... some kind of signal you get in the body that like, ooh, we're not okay. What you just did is you did the thing that Dr. Gottman calls the marriage masters do. Hmm. Is that they pull up the handbrake and they pause. And they look and they say, what is this? Instead of reacting, you know, we call it mm-hmm. responding. It's not like we're saying that this is not important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're just look we're just seeing it clearly and finding the way that we're gonna deliver it to our partner in a way that doesn't make them panic. Mm. All right. That brings them closer. So the words I use are you know, share how you feel in a way that brings your partner closer instead of pushes them away. Mm. All right, that's the basic rubric for all couplehood, and it's hard and it requires the power of the pause it requires that moment of saying i'm really annoyed right now this person's chewing so loudly or i am so annoyed that this person has not picked their clothes up off of the floor or whatever it is that you've noticed is annoying you if it's an annoyance then it's about you it's about your own like needing to manage yourself Mm. because this is stuff you wouldn't care about if this person died this afternoon Mm -hmm. right this is stuff that would not bother you usually it's symptomatic of something like i'm not getting enough rest Mm. i'm not well nourished either on my own or in our relationship right so we all need and we talked about this before that emotional bank account Mm -hmm. we all need that fullness of our relationship where we're nice to each other we're getting along with each other we're saying the kind of things that keep us pretty much in ventral with each other Mm -hmm. right so as long as we're pretty regulated with each other somebody's clothes on the floor you're going to say hey (laughs) won't you pick that up You know, this is not a big deal but it would make me feel better versus the feeling you have when you're depleted and disconnected from that person it changes the lens Mm -hmm. so if you have that if you're pulling up that handbrake and you're noticing i'm really annoyed with my children or with my partner, or my work, mm-hmm. my workmates. When we pull up the handbrake and say, all right, what's going on with me? I'm not getting enough sleep. Or you know what, I haven't felt appreciated at home mm-hmm. very much recently. That requires a completely different intervention than going and yelling everybody at everybody yeah, at work. Am so or, oh, on or, 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 why am I so on edge? Yeah. Like look at that first. Yeah. Because these are not crimes. Yeah. This is what Fran Atkinson talks about. Are these relationship crimes or not? Yeah. And it's not a crime. That's might be annoying. Mm-hmm. But the way we deal with those little annoyances is highly predictive of how our relationship goes day to day. Because we're so different.
0: Yes. Uh, You
1: know, so those things are just annoying. Mm -hmm. Manage yourself. You know, if you're going to be in a relationship, it requires a lot of management. Yeah. This person is just doing it differently than I am. And they need to feel liked. Do they feel liked? Wow. You know, do they feel liked or are you just walking around picking on all the things that they're doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Wrong, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it's a very powerful thing. That we have to ask ourselves, I think on a regular basis as somebody's partner, do they know you like them?
0: Mm, Yeah. And
1: if they do, you have a lot more room to play with things like, hey, you know what, I'm getting freaked out because we're going so fast. Would you mind just slowing down because I know you're perfectly safe and you're a good driver, but... Like, I...
0: Yeah, you have I, a buffer you in have your a relationship. Buffer. I love Gottman's a positive sentiment override, oh, negative huge.
1: sentiment override. It changes everything. Yes. So positive sentiment override is basically like the glasses of how you're looking at your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... it's like rose-colored instead completely. of dark. So our responsibility is not for our partner to make us feel that way our responsibility is to look really hard at how we're seeing that partner and is it accurate? Mm -hmm. Am I doing the things that I was doing? And you and I talked about this Mm -hmm. the first time we met. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I doing the things that have me feel good about my partner? Am I replaying things that really make me angry that Mm -hmm. this person does or irritate me? Or am I replaying the things that I really love and respect about this person? The reason I picked him Mm -hmm. and you get a choice, Your brain is naturally going to gravitate toward the things that drive you nuts because Mm -hmm. they're like a problem. Mm -hmm. I think I said to you before, Robert and I do the New York Times puzzles every day together. Every single day for years and years and years, we do multiple puzzles together. Mm -hmm. It's part of our ritual. We do not miss it. We do not miss it ever. And it's something we look forward to every day. And now our daughter is into it, which is so fun to see her doing it. She's caught the bug. (laughs) That's neat. I know. And if we need help on something, we'll we'll text her because she's got her areas of expertise that are really useful. That's so good. But I noticed this really curious thing that let's say we get stuck on something. Mm -hmm. We can't figure it out. If we put it down, one of us will be walking away or five minutes later we'll say, oh, I've got it. Our brain's been working on it that whole time, Hmm. even though we weren't actively thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So the same goes with irritations or frustrations that we have with our spouse. It seems like a problem to solve, Mm -hmm. an irritation, you know, a little uh, splinter Mm -hmm. in our finger. We, we, It's an irritation that we're feeling. So that's natural. Mm -hmm. So we have to hack that Mm -hmm. by... Actually, you know, maybe I need to every time I get in the car, listen to a song that reminds me on the way home of how much I love my spouse. Uh Or or maybe, you know, you have a gratitude thing that you do in the morning just for yourself of two things I'm grateful for about this person or before you go to bed. It's very powerful. You'll sleep better, Mm. you know, or or before you see this person like. Use Mm -hmm. use the love word that you use for them. You and I were just talking Uh about nicknames. Her nickname, yeah. Yes. I mean, like, what is the love name that Mm -hmm. you use for this person? Use it today. I'm determined to do that today. You know, whatever that is, it just helps retrain the brain to be more loving instead of being in that threat state that's its normal state. Mm -hmm. So these perpetual problems that you were that you were wanting us to focus on are things that keep us in that threatened state because we feel the separation. We feel the difference and it feels scary
0: instead of Mm -hmm. natural when actually it's just something that we need to get in perpetual dialogue. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe just, I know we're about out of time, but even just a deep seated kind of philosophical belief about life, we need to think of that a little bit differently in in terms of kind of like the idea of choosing your heart you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. all relationships are going to be to some degree hard Mm -hmm. I mean and but we could sit there and fuel the narrative of oh this person they don't like the same hobbies they don't like the same movies they have different standards for cleaning or cooking and you know, they they have different languages of love. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, maybe we just made a huge mistake, you know. Oh, don't you hear that a lot? Oh, a lot. I'm hearing this so much with, like I said, it's clients painful. and friends right now. It is yeah. painful. But sometimes we forget to do what you just said, to sit and think, but look at all these things that I do respect, that we do have in common.
1: Notice the brains drag into all the
0: differences. Huh, the brains drag into all That's the
1: differences. That's what it does. It Hyper focuses on that oh, because it's scared of it. You know, it, it feels like distance. Work on this, like my brain says, work on that puzzle. You it focuses on the yet. threat, not of the good stuff. It does. And in the beginning, we don't allow that. You know, you mm-hmm. and I have worked with, I'm sure, engaged couples where we've said, that might not be something to ignore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, but you're so intoxicated. Oh, yeah. Um, that people are overlooking yeah. all the things once we're in a long-term relationship we're not overlooking that stuff anymore it Mm -hmm. is vivid Mm -hmm. in front of us and our brain is hyper focusing on it as a problem to solve so that i can have more ease in my body and live longer because if you would change i would feel better Mm -hmm. i would have more ease well guess Mm -hmm. what they're not going to Mm -hmm. Uh, right what am i trying to get you to do so that i can feel better
0: so maybe what we need to remind couples and what you probably do remind your couples to do is say your brain is naturally going to gravitate towards worrying about the problems and the threats in your relationship. And it's going to more naturally ignore what's okay and what's fine and what's good. Mm-hmm. But then you end up building a narrative that just kind of builds a case for this is why we shouldn't be together mm-hmm. or I'm in a bad mood. That's natural. You know, yeah, yeah, but that's natural. That doesn't mean you're in a bad relationship. Your brain's just trying to, to protect you yes a hundred percent so then it
1: ignores all the good narrative. it ignores all the good and if you want to be in a relationship you have to actively bring that back in and if we're talking about uh, again you and I are not talking about abuse mm-hmm. people who are abusive to right. each other sometimes it's black and white uh, yeah it can be black and white infidelity is not one of those things because mm-hmm. most people repair from infidelity mm-hmm. statistically when we look at that but, mm-hmm. but if there is active abuse in a relationship mm-hmm then you need to get some much more serious help because until there is safety, you can't connect or even consider the possibility yeah. of repairing well, you, you shouldn't override that no, and overlook don't that. override that. But, but what we would talk about in terms of these long-term issues is the fact that when you have a body and a mind that can go back to the point of feeling, you know what, this is the team I want to be on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I do remember why.
0: Mm.
1: I've got my long time. Yeah, this is where I want to be in five years, ten years, in this family, in this marriage. When you have got your brain back into that, then you have the ability to look at this issue and be curious and say, wait a minute. Why is this so important to you? Mm. What am I missing here? Which mm-hmm. I think is one of the most powerful questions that couples can ask each mm-hmm. other. What am I missing there's this is obviously much more important to you than I knew. What am I missing? Hmm. And you learned something about this person that you actually went into a contract where you were supposed to be learning about them forever. They weren't going to stay the same forever. And They're like changing. what am I missing meaning what of your needs am I neglecting? Yeah, maybe so or why there's something about this that is really important to you that I'm ah, not getting. Yeah. Right. And so these questions that uh, the Gottmans designed you know, are wonderful questions that have us asking some questions like that. Like, why is this so important to you? What does it mean to you? What values does it hit in you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that you feel like this is super important to you? Mm-hmm. But one thing that they point out is that until you get your get your mind right, mm-hmm. as my best friend Ann's father would say, you know, until you get your mind right, you you can't, do that negotiating back and forth because you're negotiating with the enemy mm-hmm. brain-wise mm-hmm. so there's work for all of us That's our responsibility to say okay hold on my long-term goal here is to be in a relationship with this person not to be right what is my goal mm-hmm. is it to be right or in a relationship yes what is it what is it what is it you know mm-hmm. and that's why this adorable instagram thing can you do that on podcast can you link something on i podcast? think so i'll ask brock my
0: awesome publisher guy i think he can i think
1: loving on purpose i think Danny. he can too just one particular link that he had. i don't know yes. anything about this guy at all okay. except for this one thing he did and it's just outstanding yeah because i think it checks everybody out the door uh-huh and says what are you trying to do here uh-huh it might be time to exhale a very long exhale here (laughs) and say, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. I need to get my mind right. Yeah. As Dr. Tomlinson would say, I need to get my mind right so that I can work on this issue with you. Yeah. Um, and figure out there is something I'm missing here. That's really, really important to you. And I'm thinking about a specific issue, um, as you and I are slowing down here, Uh but one that really gets people into a lot of trouble is parenting. Mm. You know, here's this person that you made. You both give them a kidney mm-hmm. this afternoon, you but anything. you had very different ideas on maybe how to handle a certain situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it's a such it's such a fascinating thing to see how your body reacts when you think your child is not getting what they need or. Might be getting injured. There is some bigger story in there to learn about your partner. Mm-hmm. And one one of the great, um, one of the wonderful videos that the Gottmans share, share is about a couple who was in an enormous issue over their middle schooler wearing makeup to school.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And it's one of the most beautiful videos oh. of this couple because she says, "I I felt so ugly, you know." And so they're fighting about makeup. But when you get right down to it and you say, What am I missing here? I know we're on the same team. I know we both love this kid. Like, what's up? Why are we? The what's, what does this matter for you?
0: Or yeah. trauma? Or- and she
1: says, You know, when I was in middle school and I wasn't allowed to make up, I felt really ugly. I thought I was really ugly. And it changed the way I handled myself after that. And he's saying, If I'm remembering it correctly, I haven't seen it in a while, but I believe he says something about it being sexualized and mm-hmm. his seeing girls and maybe even a sister. Uh, and grew, I'm up fast fast quoting or grew up too fast or was perceived in a sexualized nature mm-hmm. and how that played out so he's just being protective yeah. and she's just being protective but yeah. guess what they're talking about makeup Yeah. they weren't talking about the why mm-hmm. and once you've got the why and you've got the values and the dreams you'll watch couples start to say oh I can work with that wow, I'm not mad at word. Robert for wanting to keep the tree I'm frustrated about the tree I'm yeah. not mad at Robert yeah you know, I get it. He's
0: get not his wrong. Point. Yeah. He's
1: not wrong. I have told him he needs to stay alive, though, because that tree's got like a half an hour on him. That's about <laughs> it. It's about stay his alive, age. save a tree. That's funny. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's it, it, that's a beautiful example, yes. I think, that, that couple and make up for a middle school girl. You peel it back. There's
0: always a story. If we can get to curiosity and if we're under threat, we're not curious. And that's why conflict, if it's handled well, can produce a lot of intimacy. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that couple yeah. to to understand each other, they both had like trauma or concerns or a history, mm-hmm. a historical reason for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And once they shared the story with each other, they probably would feel so connected. Very. But that argument over their kids of makeup could have cost a huge, huge... Issue and I guess it probably did and
1: misperceptions. Yeah, of, you don't care as much as I do, or you're reckless, right? Or you don't care. I mean, it's jumping to the wrong conclusions. We yeah, we're not clear with each other. So the questions are about you know getting the pause, regulating our bodies, taking that exhale until you know that this person feels a little bit more like they're on the, like you have the same goal. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure this out with each other. Doesn't mean you agree, but then getting to the point where, can I ask the question yet? Okay, what am I missing here? Mm -hmm. I want us to talk about this in a way that we care about each other. You know, like you, it's one of the most loving things that somebody can do is to be able to say, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm still so irritated that this is going to come out sideways. Uh, you know, so give me a little bit more time and maybe I need to go listen to a song. Maybe I need to go breathe and think about some wonderful memories that I have with you or um, get my mind right mm-hmm. and really think about where I want us to be in 10 years or in five years or in 20 years. There's a story that I want our children to have about our marriage. Oh, Boy, yeah. that'll check you in place. Yeah. You know, and okay. Okay, Ben. Let me see if I can manage myself, which is a skill that about one in four of us have naturally, right? Mm, I believe it. Yep, I certainly didn't, and no. we're all working on it. So, you know, if 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 there's something that we're saying here that I want people to hear, it's that this is hard. It's counter our nature mm-hmm. to get through an issue like this, and it cooperates aren't with our nature for us to feel like we're on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. This is our classroom to learn where our raw spots are. Oh, I
0: love
1: that. And this is our classroom to learn how to manage that better. And it's hard, but you can learn how to be more effective in those moments. And, you know, it's not marriage is not without hurt and confusion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, no tribe has ever been without it.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: but this is, if we've got a long-term goal of connection, then we can do it.
0: marriage is a classroom that's
1: all it is some big
0: mirror yeah learn about yourself
1: manage yourself manage yourself manage yourself
0: well and it's just I love even just the basic I want to get to the root of the issue like what am I missing to Mm -hmm. me there's so many wonderful insinuations or implications underlying that Mm -hmm. like there I know there's something valid I know there's something important. I want to get better. I want to work on this marriage. I'm willing to work on it and just please help me. I haven't, uh, I'm missing something. I know there's gotta be something else that I'm not getting. And mm-hmm. it's just beautiful to think about that, how that would feel to your partner. And to you, how cool would that be? Oh
1: yeah. When, when you recognize that this is something that we've been going, we just keep getting stuck here. Mm-hmm. Every time we talk about this, we feel separate. Mm-hmm. We and and that creates that little panic. What's going on that we feel separate? That's so strange. That's when we know there's something underneath that we haven't really tackled. We don't understand yet in each other, or we want to be understood. Yeah, you know. So there's something more to say about that, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can let it go. It's not scary anymore because you feel like you're wrapping the rope around the two of you. Mm-hmm. I had a client say something so funny this week, and. He's one of those people who's great with his words, but he said um, uh, he said something about how we've been in a tug of war, and. I can't remember how he put it now, but it was so eloquent. And it was something about being in a tug of war with somebody. And he said, if I feel like I'm on the same team with her, I'll throw the rope over my shoulder and pull as hard as I can. Oh. And and I said to him, yeah. And then that rope is wrapped around the two of you. You know, you wrap it around the two of you. Like this is our issue mm. is dealing with the tree or the cat. This is, it's ours yeah. to deal with. I mean, it's just kind of funny. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is, but it's a felt Sense that we're going for of, we're probably never going to agree on this. Yeah, Uh,
0: you know, (laughs) gonna have to agree to disagree. How can we?
1: And if two thirds of our long term issues go that way, uh huh, then the goal is not to persuade your partner to agree with you ever.
0: That is is a statistic. Yeah, at least two thirds. Wow, I did not. At least two
1: thirds, and this is John Gottman's research. When you look at these issues. At least two-thirds of the issues that you are in long-term conflict about are things that you will never, ever resolve with that person
0: mm-hmm. in a way that you have agreement, I should say. See, that's so helpful to know that that's normal because I could see a lot of couples throwing in the towel going, "Yeah, you know, we one disagree. out of our three issues yeah. we can't get past, so we're going to call it quits. And it's like, no, you should expect two, two out, out of three, our three or more. exactly. Exactly. So that's my hope too, is when people know that statistic. And that's why I want more people to be open about their marriages. That's why I, I'm open with about my struggles mm-hmm. as a parent or in my marriage because I think if people are really private and they think I'm gonna pretend my marriage is wonderful and I'm not gonna talk to anyone else about any issues, then they don't realize a lot of the complaints you're having about your spouse, like eighty percent of the population mm-hmm. have has mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. But you think I just somehow thought it was gonna be better than this. Yeah, But you don't know because you don't talk. And I know we have to be careful not to talk too much about our problems with other people.
1: But understanding that other people do. Think about the people that we're really attracted to in the world, like the Oprahs and Mm -hmm. people like that, who are really transparent. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, most gosh, so many people feel like they're so close to her. Because she talks about the places where she... Fails or misunderstands, or another person I really like in the world right now is Mel Robbins. You know uh-huh. has- I've heard a few of her podcasts. I love her, I think she's, she's great. amazing She does the same thing. Yeah, when she talks about the places where she makes mistakes, and she does it with good humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we feel close to people yeah. when they talk to us about where they're suffering.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your partner will too, but we have to do it in a skillful way. Mm-hmm. There are ways that will work, and there are ways that will push your partner away. Right. So is that is that a good summary?
0: Of that what is we're doing Amazing. Yes. I love hearing your thoughts and just I'm so thankful for the work that you do with couples and your your seminars and specializing and just you're constantly just learning more about the body and relationships and All these. I wish I could just upload everything that you've, every seminar and everything you've read, because I'm trying to slowly catch up. But I'm like reading about OCD one day, and the next day anxiety, and the next day. Well, you're trying to
1: bring ease to people, right? Because if you take it one more step. When we bring ease to people and a sense of community, mm-hmm. they're able to put more love out in the world. Those mm-hmm. are the people that I want driving on the road with my children. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the people I want running for office or mm-hmm. teaching in the schools or, you know, next to me in the grocery store. We just we build a kinder world when people yes. learn how to manage themselves. But if these primary relationships at home aren't working, and they are our hardest relationships, mm. then we see our health. our ability to contribute in the community everything starts to fall yeah
0: that's true
1: and so to me there's a longer objective than just that person who's sitting in front of me Mm -hmm. i want people who feel loved most of the time driving next to my children on the road
0: yes true Mm -hmm. someone that's grounded and content in life yeah so just to make sure i got this right on the intro is your website healingforcouples.com yes okay and they can people can find seminars mm-hmm. I don't know how many new clients you're able to take which is always disappointing but I'm not right now but if there's anything that somebody wants to
1: ask about my uh-huh. email is on my website and okay. if there's something they need to follow up on okay. um, whether it's the imago profile or one of those so nice of or the relationship crimes if they want to get in touch with me I'll be how oh. happy, happy to send it it's five seconds but it's uh, these are the things that help us become more educated consumers of yes. what's actually happening in a relationship and when you feel like you're armed mm-hmm. you know you're gonna feel more confident You're equipped with all these tools. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. equipped is better than armed, because that sounds like war. Uh, Thank you. But more equipped to go in and, oh, i got this. I can Mm -hmm. deal with this. Mm -hmm. Then that confidence spills out to your partner, too. Like, Mm -hmm. we've got this. This just sucks right now. Yeah. This is a hard conversation, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. We're going to be okay. Yeah. And how do we know it's going to be okay, Bennett? It's
0: always okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything always ends up okay. <laughs> I love Bennett's so note taking over here.
1: I know with her pink pen, it's so great. Thank you, to <laughs> Bennett, for being here. I know that was so nice of you to come sit in, dear Bennett, who's been in every seminar, every sat in my office forever. Girl. I probably scared her to death about dating and relationships and everything. Listening, hopefully, I she'll... probably created nuns for sure. <laughs>
0: Relationships are just a lot of work. I think I'm going to stay single. Yeah,
1: no, I, I know. I, I, I worry sometimes that maybe I've put a, a negative slant on it because I've always heard um, all these issues yeah. that people deal yeah. with. But you know, we do know that when people are in healthy relationships, they are physically healthier. Mm-hmm. So for people who are going to the gym all the time, I I'd much rather that they work on their relationship. Oh yeah, good for you for eating your salad, but go home and be nice to your partner. Yeah, and, you know that affects your health so deeply.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would, you know, anyway. Well, and we all struggle. My take on that. No, I agree, though. So many people are lonely, and but we all struggle. And if we're willing to talk about our struggles, I think we just find out that anyone we talk to is struggling with something. Everyone. And yes, and then it's like you feel less alone because sometimes you can think not just in marriages or relationships. Like, is it supposed to be this hard? I think in life in general, it's like, mm-hmm. is it really supposed to be this hard? I mean, that's just hard. Yeah.
1: At moments, it definitely is. And the reaching out part of it, You know, we talk about how to do that with a partner effectively mm-hmm. today, that we talk about what's happening with us mm-hmm. and that that brings compassion. If mm-hmm. we talk about how the person is, other person is awful, they're not going to respond with compassion. That has never happened and it never will. Yeah. But I know Bennett had an amazing example this last week that we can end on. I thought it was so cool. She was brewing on needing, she's an author, she's a writer, Mm. and she's finishing a book that she's writing and needed people to, uh, yeah, she's amazing, uh, and needed some people to read it. And she was struggling on how to do that. And then will you share that? What happened when you reached out? A lot of people reached out to me and
0: uh, immediate help um, is what it was. I was really nervous that no one was gonna answer. I asked for people, for like for beta readers, people who just read my draft. And I was like, maybe if anyone has time. And like a dozen people Aww. messaged me on Instagram and were like, of course we'll read it. This sounds so fun. Um, and I, it was j- just, just reaching out. It's but before wow. that, you were
1: really anxious about it yes. until you reached out. And then the world said yes. And I think that happens with, I was so glad you had that experience. And I hope it is a nice template for lots of other areas like Beth's talking about uh, that, you know, when couples are struggling.
0: Talking to the right people, um, it can be a reminder. Yeah, and, and Bennett was vulnerable and said, can anyone do me a favor and read? And just wondered, will anyone be yeah. receptive? What and are now they? she has too many. And uh, yeah. this immediate response thought, wow. Like- we want to help each other. Yeah. And
1: your partner wants to help you, mm-hmm. but they don't want to if they feel like they're in threat. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's a really interesting thing for us to remember. Mm-hmm. We, Our partners want to feel like they are helpful, useful, loving good partners. Mm -hmm. And if you have that assumption with your partner, then you try to utilize that. Mm -hmm. You know, and Bennett did a beautiful job putting that reach out in a few different places and was just flooded with love and help. Exactly what I knew would happen, you know, because she has a lot of fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, You expected that, but
0: she wasn't sure. She wasn't
1: sure. She hadn't had enough experience with that. And I still look forward to, in couples therapy, couples learning that, oh, I can ask you for help and you'll actually show up. Mm -hmm. I just need to do it in an effective way. Right. If I do it this other way, you're going to go away from me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if I say it this really nasty way and criticize you and use the four horsemen and, Mm -hmm. you know, aren't curious about what's happening in your world, just Mm -hmm. expect you to make me feel better. Then no, it's you know we're not yeah. going to be okay. So there is something to being effective with this,
0: but it can be done. Mm. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is fun. I love Thank it. Thank you for being here, B. Yeah, thanks for being here, Bennett. I want to hear about this book more. You're going to to tell me about that. <laughs>